Supported by the National Forum for the Advancement of Teaching and Learning in Higher Education. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Voice of Procurement podcast. I'm your host, David McEvitt. The Voice of Procurement podcast will every month provide a new episode to supplement the Certificate in Procurement Management at University College Cork, Ireland. In today's episode of The Voice of Procurement, we examine the human capital challenge in the profession. Our discussion first takes us to Melbourne, Australia, where Dr. John Hopkins of Swinburne University of Technology speaks about his recently published paper on talent shortages in the procurement profession. The Australian experience has unfortunately much in common with that in Ireland. John offers sage advice to aspiring procurement professionals in both countries. While John focuses on the challenges of graduate entry into the profession, we then segue to the Philippines and speak to Charlie Velesenor, president of PASIA, the Procurement and Supply Institute of Asia. Charlie demonstrates how procurement leaders are now pipelining procurement talent in high schools. So my name is John Hopkins and I am the discipline leader for supply chain logistics management at Swinburne University in Melbourne, Australia. And out this tension between uh, the importance of procurement on the one hand and then how organizations are investing in their staff on the other hand and they don't really match up. That, that was a frustrating part for us. You know, we, we were coming at it, obviously, as researchers, but also as academics, we're teachers. You know, we know we know students and, you know, we all want students to, to get jobs when they graduate. And it seemed, and I don't have experience, and what we found with this research was that the companies who wanted um, to their graduates to have work experience weren't actually offering opportunities like internships or or placements themselves. So they're expecting those graduates to get that work experience from elsewhere. Um, What we found was that a lot of those skills, although there might not be a specific procurement course available in Australia, a lot of the subjects that would go into such a course do already exist as part of other courses. So we even in the paper, you know, we even uh, put together our recommendations in terms of what a what a, a you know the perfect course would look like if you, uh, you you wanted to get a job in procurement, and you you would really be rebadging something that most universities already have. So it's a lot of general business stuff, everything from you know a, a, maybe even a broad based first year with some accounting, economics, marketing, law stuff like that, and then a major that had you know risk management in. You know, even at our university, we have risk management as part of a different course. We have it in supply chain course, project management, contract management, um, you know, so general uh, supply chain, logistics type subjects, uh, professional development uh, subjects, and then a formal work placement. So all of those things probably do already exist at, at most universities. But they're not being packaged in any way. From our research, we found that there was a complete lack of consistency in what the role titles were called. Um, and as I kind of touched on earlier, the the backgrounds that people currently working in procurement are are quite diverse. So 
We found that there's, there's obviously, and it's may, maybe the same in Ireland, there's no direct pathway from university into procurement. So if you if you want to work in HR, you want to work in marketing, you do a HR degree, you do a marketing degree, you graduate and you get the role that you've been trained to do. In procurement, there's no formal course to currently available in Australia that will prepare a student to go directly into a role in, in procurement. So so that, that's obviously one issue, but we found that the people who, looking at the, um, the education background of those who are currently working in procurement, they came from a business background, so there would be you know business degrees, commerce degrees, things like that, uh, as well as that engineering degrees. Uh, you know, I fall into that bucket as well. So there were quite a few mechanical engineers, electrical engineers who kind of make their way into procurement. I think that's because of maybe a background in you know even when I went to uni, I did mechanical engineering, but we did inventory and we did some subjects that went on to go as part of logistics before even logistics degrees existed and uh, and then there were the 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 other uh the other group were were miscellaneous but out out of the miscellaneous i think law was one of those that kind of stood out and you can you know you can certainly see how a background in law can help somebody with contracts and things like that so people who study law but didn't necessarily want to be a lawyer may you know find their way in but in terms of the job titles, we, we surveyed uh, 122 people and we found 70 different job titles. So there was, you know, procurement manager, purchasing manager, buyer, and there was no consistency in terms of how they correlate in terms of whether the you know, level of responsibility or seniority, they did seem to be a little bit all over the place. I think in the in the era we live in, packaging yourself and self-promotion is definitely a big part of it. You know, nobody wants to, to hide their light under a bushel. That's no. not going to get you anywhere. Uh, it's one thing having the talent, but then you've got to, other people have got to know about your talent. So I think the thing that it that definitely is uh, is important. I would say, you know. Work experience is very valuable. So for any any graduate, and I, I'd say this to any graduate from any discipline, I've said, said it many, many times before, but when students graduate, they have a degree, but the jobs that they're going for, every other person who's going for that job has a degree. So how do you stand out? So what's your point of difference? How are you better than those others? And work experience is probably top of the list. So if you can pick up some work experience, you know, preferably in the discipline along the way, so be that a placement, an internship, even volunteering or whatever it might be, Absolutely. that work experience is important, okay? Obviously, students want paid placements, but I would say... If you haven't got a paid placement, it's better to do an unpaid placement or internship. You know, other things as well that I recommend to students in terms of making their CV stand out and making them look good on paper is, you know, overseas exchanges, study tours, industry site visits, join a professional association maybe. You know, in Australia, we have quite a few. So we have the Chartered Institute of Purchasing and Supply, which I know is a global organization. Uh, the chart, which is specifically procurement, but it's starting to be a bit more about supply chain. But we also have uh, the Chartered Institute of Logistics and Transport Australia, the Supply Chain Logistics Association Australia. And all these organisations, these bodies have student memberships as well. So they're, you know, 30 40 $50 a year to join up. You get to go to you know, networking events and events that are 
you know, focus around a particular topic. And I think students are frightened a little bit of the, of the word networking sometimes. And I say to them, you know, networking is standing around with a drink, talking to people. It's not, it's nothing to be frightened of. And I don't think I've ever been, you know, at the end of a day going to a networking event, when you're tired, it can be a bit of an effort, but I don't think I've ever regretted going to one in my entire career. I've always got something out of it. I've learned something or I've met somebody or somebody's met me and they've come back to me later down the track. And it really is about developing that network. Like I said before, not hiding your light on, under a bushel. You know, uh, Australia, you know, as much as it's 20 odd million people, it, you know, it, it feels like a small village sometimes. And the people who you meet in the industry, they do seem to keep popping up randomly at different times. So if you get yourself out there as a young person and, you know, you, the, the, people can see that you're eager and, and bright and keen to work and everything else, that will definitely be a benefit to you down the track. You know, another thing that came out of the research was the fact that there was a uh, you know, procurement might not be sexy enough or there was a lack of awareness, not only, yeah, <laughs> you see you laughing there, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, not, not sexy enough and, and a low awareness about what procurement actually is at school level. So before students even go to uni and, you, you know, you speak to, to universities and then, you know, one thing they say, and it's a fair point, is that, well, you know, why should we, you know, there, is there a demand for a procurement course? Because we're looking at school leavers and if they don't know what it is, well, why do we have it? So, uh, yeah, so if there's a way of raising the profile of it in, in terms of, you know, rep a reputation. Personally, you know, having kind of worked in that field myself and, uh, you know, been, been a part of it for many years, it's actually a pretty good uh, profession to be in. You know, yeah. lots of opportunities. Uh, you, you really get to, to understand a business and its partners from a, from a high-level uh, perspective. Great opportunities to travel, reasonable salary, and, you know, even now you, you can almost stay on the same track all the way up to the C-suite, you know? Well, my background is uh, about supply chain, procurement and logistics. Um, I started with a company called China Bank uh, doing export-import processing. And I took up my MBA and took a degree in uh, procurement and supply chain management. So I had a chance to work with companies like 3M for four, five, five years. And I was posted for some time in the US. Then I actually worked and ran the largest uh, Coca-Cola concentrate plant in Asia, which is based out of the Philippines. So I was more on manufacturing, sales and operations planning, uh, heading the entire plant management. And I actually was uh, taken in uh, after uh, a few years uh, by a company called Caltex, which is actually Chevron. So I was the chief procurement officer for Asia, Middle East and Africa. Uh, fast forward, I stayed with Caltex or Chevron for many years, like five years, where we actually implemented the first e-procurement global instance in 1996-1997. Well, my background is uh, about supply. That's my profile, and I spent my 20 years now running uh, PASIA and PASIA Shared Services. Well, I, I wanted to ask you, uh, Charlie, about you recently gave a, a talk at your son's school. Um, about procurement and supply chain. Can you tell us a bit about that? I was quite surprised. Uh, one day my son told me that my that, uh, his uh, teacher is asking me to actually give a talk on supply chain. I said, what class was that? He said, they were, were into math subjects. So, um, so I, I actually came in, uh, they gave me a little bit of instruction that uh, 
that the engagement would be an hour. Um, so um, I uh, met my son uh, together with his class and, you know, of grade eight students. And um, I prepared well for it, I guess. And uh, I made a whole um, inter uh, presentation very interactive to really put it down to their level. So I also uh, use a few um, video that I can pull out of YouTube, but I actually gave them more experience, which they're actually experiencing right now. Like for example, in the Philippines, we use a lot of um, similar organizations of, um, of Amazon. So I gave them the story on how, um, on, how, on how this gets operated. And I asked the children what their fathers or mothers are actually doing so that I could create a little bit of a story behind it on how uh, supply chains gets to influence the, the, the way their parents are actually um, operating with their own livelihood or work. Um, I was quite uh, very surprised, um, David, when, when this, I didn't expect students were way up a little bit of the curve. They, they know a lot of things on, on supply chain, they could understand, and they were asking a lot of very smart questions. Um, I was surprised we're saying when, oh, so we're, if we want to save costs, so we can pull every buyer together and we could negotiate, so we have more negotiating power. I never expect that to a eight <laughs> grader. And uh, so I have to really be, you know, I have to really give them the answer, but yeah, that's, that's correct. Um, because before that, they saw the story of the lemonade being prepared by several children. And in the video, it actually tells them that the one who has more planning will, will win the business opportunity. So they, they sort of like gets to be interested to hear about that. But more importantly, if when we start talking about drones, about artificial intelligence, I tell you, this is not new to them. They were just riding on with the conversation and they were just adding more and more, you know, insights as I was actually delivering the talk. But they haven't figured out one thing. They, they haven't, one of the things that really came out about the discussion with the children is like, we don't know how to get a, a job in supply chain because um, everything that is presented to them are basically on how to become a lawyer, how to become an accountant, how to become a nurse or something like that. But so the question actually evolved on that particular discussion. Have a good living, you need to plan you need to source and you need to move. So um, make it very simple is I think it's the technique related specifically to their own household undertakings or where they could actually relate it to, to their parents type of work or job and how they actually experience the, the involvement of a supply chain um, when they actually get to buy their ice cream, when they buy their toys, when they buy their, you know, their shirts or their, you know, and their clothings. Uh, when they get into McDonald's or, you know, any fast food uh, companies, they, they get to understand that behind it, before it activates, and there's a lot of back office and tremendous amount of work that, that happens before they could actually enjoy the, the item that would, they would like to enjoy. So it's not difficult to explain supply chain to, to, to children, basically. And um, one of the things that I, I realized after giving the talk and one learning that was very significant for me, the best time to introduce supply chain to children is when they are in high school level. It's not anymore in college. The reason being is like when they are in college, they already have selected their, their course curriculum or the degree that they wanted to pursue. 
So if you want to actually get them into this particular undertaking or this particular field of uh, very interesting supply chain management, then you start to have to bring them up um, during their grade eight or grade nine at the um, at the maximum, so that they could potentially get to, you know, appreciate and consider it as a potential, you know, direction for their particular career. So giving this early to children is quite very important. Absolutely, that sounds fascinating, Charlie. Because I know that um, the, what what you've just mentioned there is the same in in Ireland. That you know we we don't talk about supply chain in in high school. We talk about becoming an architect or a lawyer or an engineer. So by getting in early and by explaining and by relating to kids, it's it's a very good way of getting them to to think about supply chain and procurement. Yeah, children right now they're all digital. They're all watching what's happening to the coronavirus. And I would say, you know, that more than 60% on the topic that they're actually seeing here is actually about supply chain disruption. So they do understand.